ask you to get your Bibles. We're going to look in the Gospel of John. We're in chapter 21. So if you want to turn to John 21, we're going to be in John 21, verse 15 through 19. This is going to finish up our series. We've been looking at the people of Easter. This will finish up our series. We're looking at John 21. We're going to pick up in verse 15. Verse 15. I think it's just appropriate We looked at Peter when he denied Christ, that we look at this passage. So John 21, this is verse 15, it says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, Do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wish. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. And we want to pause and have prayer again. Lord, thank you for letting us be able to be together in your presence today. May you bless this time. And Lord, they may be some today that because of something in their past just feels like that they'll never be able to honor, to serve, or to to bring glory to you. And Lord, I just ask that you can just minister to them and, and just help them to know that your grace is real. And today they can be forgiven. And Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would just minister and you can be honored and glorified. And we thank you for all that you do. And we ask your blessings now. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, this is what some people would say would be an awkward moment. It would be an awkward moment. I don't know if you've ever had, well, I'm certain if if you're living, you've had some awkward moments. You know, the other day I was... uh, and I know you've experienced something similar to this. I was in a store, and some stranger just started talking to me. And so I just responded. You know, I just answered. I just thought it was the polite thing to do. And it turns out he wasn't really talking to me. He had one of those things in his ear. <laughs> you know, so uh, I thought about, you know, I ought to get one of those. And if that ever happens again, at least I could say, oh, me too. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, and, and you've probably had this happen where, you, you wave at somebody and you think, because you thought you knew them, and then it turns out you didn't know them. Well, you know, we were out of town not long ago, and I saw somebody, and I thought, you know, I know that person. They're from, they're from Albany. And uh, then I thought, well, no, nah, they wouldn't be here. And then they came up and talked to me. So <laughs> I was like, well, how about that? So they, that helped. But, you know, sometimes you just have some awkward moments. And Peter, this is an, an awkward moment. Um, you know, sometimes it's embarrassing, but it's an awkward moment that takes place. And so we picked up here in, in verse 15, but let me just kind of set 
this table for you of what had taken place. So when you began in this chapter, Peter meets with some of the other disciples, and he says, you know what, I think I'm going fishing. Now you go fishing late at night, and so there's seven of them. Not all the disciples are there, there's seven of them together, and they say, you know what, we'll join you. And they, they get in the boat, and they go fishing. And it's one of those days where they're not having any success at all fishing. So some of you can relate to that. And so morning appears, it's time to quit. They hear somebody from the shore, because they're close enough, that says children. Now, nobody calls somebody children unless you're a parent or you're a teacher. He said, children, have you caught anything? No, no, we've not caught anything, they say. He said, well, I'll tell you what you do. Take your nets and put it on the other side and see what you do. And they take their nets, put it on the other side, and they come up with a lot of fish. Well, the Apostle John is, part of, is, is, is one of those. It reminds him of what took place in Luke chapter 5. When Jesus was first calling them to be apostles, he'd done something similar and he immediately knows it's the Lord. And he says, it's the Lord. And as soon as he says that, well, it's kind of awkward for Peter because he's not really dressed like he should. So he puts his, uh, something over him and Peter just jumps into the water and just starts swimming. Don't you just love it when somebody is, loves the Lord and is so excited about the Lord that they just go all in. And Peter's just swimming because he's ready to get to the shore to be able to see the Lord. Well, Jesus fixed breakfast for them. They take some of that fish. He already had some fish going for himself, and he takes some more fish, and he cooks breakfast. They eat breakfast. In verse 14, it tells us it's actually the third time that they had seen Jesus. Third time since the resurrection, and since Peter had denied Jesus. Well, you know, since it's the third time and Jesus has not brought it up, there's a good chance... It's not going to come up again, right? That's just under the rug, and we don't have to worry about it. You know, the second time, he actually is when he talked to Thomas. And Jesus said, Thomas, you remember uh, you said some things that you wouldn't believe unless you touched me? Come on, Thomas, here you go. Well, this day, after breakfast is over with, he addresses Peter. Now, he doesn't call him Peter. Remember, it wasn't long when he first met Peter, he said, I'm going to name you Peter. Rock. Big rock. Not Simon, not just a pebble. But here he addresses him again as Simon. Now, some people think, why would Jesus single Peter out? Is he trying to embarrass him? Is that what he's doing? Is he trying to embarrass Peter? Is Jesus trying to get back at Peter? You've denied me. Now I'm going to get back at you? Do you think that that's how Jesus would be? So why is it that Jesus is specifically calling out Peter? You know, when you make a mistake, who do you think is going to focus upon that mistake the most? Who do you think is going to bring up your past when you're trying to be able to do something to honor God, to help someone else? Who's going to bring that up? Satan. You know, Satan's the accuser, and he's going to bring up your past. You know, I believe he's taking notes. And his demonic forces, anytime you think you're going to step out and begin to do something, he's going to start bringing up the past. And you know, Satan wants you on the sidelines. 
He doesn't want you involved. He doesn't want you doing anything that's going to make a difference. And so he knows your past. He's going to bring it up. So you know what's important? It's important that we deal with our past. You know, there's some people that won't come to church because they're afraid they're going to hear a sermon that's going to deal with something they were embarrassed about, some type of sin. And there are some people, they get mad if they come to church and they hear about a particular sin because it just bothers them. They've not really dealt with it. I think Jesus knows that Peter, for him to be useful, this has to be dealt with. And so we've got to be able to focus upon this. Here's something that Peter has to know. He has to know that this has been forgiven. He has to know that the Lord still has plans for his life. There's ministry to do. He has to be focused. And so the Lord has to deal with this. So he starts off and he says to Peter, he asks him the question, Peter, do you love me more than these? Now, if you remember, at the Last Supper, Peter had boasted. Jesus had warned them, the shepherd's going to be struck, the sheep are scattering. You guys are going to run. And Peter said, not me. He said this. He said, if everybody, all these guys, they may deny you, but I never will. They may run, but not me. And Jesus said, Peter, before this night is over, you'll deny me three times. And then Peter said, no, Lord. I'm willing to die. For you. But you know, Peter ended up denying the Lord. And so now, Jesus asking the question, do you love me more than these? So maybe he's referring to the disciples, his peers. It's kind of a humbling experience. Peter's not so much bragging, but now he says, Lord, you know me. And you know that I love you. He's not trying to say I love you more than these. He's just saying, you know, Lord, that I love you. It could be that very night, you know, there was a fire, a charcoal fire, and here they got a fire going on. And that night when he heard that rooster, he looked and he saw Jesus' eyes, and it could be that Jesus gave him that similar look. And so Peter is thinking back to that night, and so when he said, you love me more than these, Peter starts thinking about the crowd. And so maybe he's thinking, do you love me more than the people of the crowd? Are you more concerned about what they think? About what's going on in their lives? Are you, do you love me more than them? Are you concerned more of what I think than they think? Some people believe that when Jesus said, you love me more than these, he may have been referring to the fish. John mentions a specific amount, 153, I believe, fish. People have tried to do a lot of different things with that. You know what really boils down to? The reason he mentions that many is because they probably caught that many. It had happened before, and John said, I wish I would have counted those. So maybe this time he said, you know, I'm going to count these specifically and see how many we had. So he knows specifically how many. But, he, but some people believe that he was referring to those fish. And you know, and that's what their job was before. Peter's job was fishing. And so do you love me more than your job? You know, some people say they love the Lord, but they really don't want the Lord to go with them. 
So when they go to work, they say, you know, Lord, this is really, this job is not a place for you. You know, people, we conduct ourselves in a means that you wouldn't be pleased with. We talk in a way that you wouldn't be pleased with. And so here's the question, do you love that job? People say that they're just used interchangeably and it's really not that big a deal. But it is interesting to take note that the first two times that Jesus asks, if you love me, uses the word agape. Agape is a, the word for love that's only used anytime that you see love pertaining to God in the New Testament, it's the word agape. And it's a word that means unconditional love. Unconditional. Follow, from where we get our the word Philadelphia, Philo is a friendship love. And Peter both times responded, not with agape, he responds with follow. And so it's interesting that Jesus, this third time, he, when he asks the question, he comes down to follow. And he asks that question the third time, then, do you follow me? Peter does respond, Lord, you know all things. You know. And he uses the word follow again, that I love you. I think Peter was careful humbled. He didn't put himself in God's place. But I really believe Peter does love the Lord. And it's interesting Jesus' response. Because every time Peter says, you know what, you know I love you, Lord. Jesus says, the first time he said, well, feed my lambs. The young sheep that are just become Christians, feed them. Help them to grow. Watch out for them. The second time, he says, tend. It's more than just feed. It means to shepherd. It means to take care of all the way around. And it's not just the lambs. It's the whole sheep. It's everyone. You be concerned about the body of Christ and you serve them and you help them. And then he tells them again, feed the sheep. You know, the truth is, if you love the Lord, the Lord says you're going to see it in the way that you treat people. And so you may say, when you look around, you say, you know, there's some people here that I'm not sure I can love. Well, listen, if they're a part of God's family, you love them. If you say, I love the Lord, you have to love them. Because that's what the Lord says. You feed them. You love them. That's how you demonstrate your love toward me. It's through the church. It's through my people. You love them. So do you love them? then you take care of them. You know what's interesting? Then after this conversation, after this takes place three times, and listen, don't think this wasn't awkward. This was an awkward experience for Peter, but one that's necessary. One that's necessary. It's interesting then that Jesus responds, and he kind of predicts a little bit of what it's going to be like in the future. And he tells Peter, he said, you know, when you were young, you just did whatever you wanted. You went wherever you wanted. But the day's coming where that's not going to happen. And then he refers to how he's going to die. You know what I think Jesus is doing? Jesus is saying, Peter, there's plenty for you to do. There's ministry to do. He's reminding him, by the way, of his call. He's reminding him of how he's supposed to fish for men but he's also, I think he's, when he sums up here, Peter, you're going to be a faithful minister. Peter was. He lived his life, the rest of his life, serving the Lord Jesus. 
He denied the Lord. Some people say, well, if you deny God, you have to be out of... You, you can't call yourself a Christian. Well, guess what? Peter denied the Lord, but then he ended up repenting and serving the Lord. And he did so the rest of his life and was greatly used by God. He was a faithful minister. He wasn't just a faithful minister. Listen to this. Peter was a faithful witness. When Acts opens up, Peter preaches a sermon. You know how many people were saved? 3,000. But it wasn't just then. Peter dealt with individuals. He had other opportunities, and people came to know Christ, and he was a faithful witness of pointing people to Jesus. We've got two epistles in the New Testament that Peter wrote. Also, the Gospel of Mark, Peter had a big influence upon Mark. And so what I'm saying is, is that Peter was a faithful witness. Now, not only was he a faithful witness, but this passage says that it refers to how Peter would die. Well, two of our church fathers, Origen, Tertullian, both write that Peter was crucified. And one of them says that Peter said, I am unworthy to die like my Lord. And so he requested to be crucified upside down. And so Peter, in the end, he could have denied the Lord again. But guess what? He didn't. He was faithful to death. He was even willing to die for the Lord. He had found something that was worth dying for. And that was the gospel. He knew that Jesus Christ was Lord. That Jesus Christ had conquered death. That eternity awaited. And so Peter, his life was completely changed. You know what's interesting? Why would the Lord have this conversation with Peter in front of other people? It was almost as if he didn't want just them to know, but he wanted, or just not Peter to know, but them to know. Because, you know, sometimes it's easy for us to be judgmental and just say, you know, that person, they shouldn't even be ever say anything about God. They shouldn't ever do this or be able to serve the Lord. He denied God. He denied the Lord. He's out. But the Lord wanted everyone. The apostles, Peter, I believe in him. And I'm giving him this position. And you know, sometimes we can be like that. We can be able to say, this person is out. They shouldn't have a testimony. But you know what? Isn't it the neat thing? The Lord takes our failures and ends up giving us a ministry around that. You know how you can know you've been real, really forgiven? When you're not afraid to be able to talk about your past. And when you can use your past to be able to help somebody else to find forgiveness and to be able to not make mistake, the same mistakes you did or not fall into the same trap that you fell into. We're not going to be perfect. But God takes our failures. He forgives us. He doesn't leave us there. And then he helps us to minister from there. And God took Peter. And not many people just can't get over the fact that he denied him. He said, forget that. It's time to move forward, and you're going to do great things now for me. And you know, the, the apostles, they didn't put him down. They were there with him and serving. Now see, now there's some people today you feel like you're on the sideline, you're there to stay. And I'm telling you, God wants you to deal with your past 
And then God wants you to have opportunities. He wants to use you to make a difference. Let me tell you something. The world we live in today is hurting. It needs some answers. And as Christians, we have it. And every single one of us, every single one of us, we're needed to be able to make the impact, to make the difference that's going to change this world. So that's how come the Lord's saying, my grace, it's available. Peter experienced it again, and it allowed Peter's life to be different. And God is wanting to be able to exhibit his grace, and he's wanting you to make a difference. Let's have prayer together. Lord, thank you for letting us come today. Lord, we've been looking at different people that have made up Easter. And certainly Peter is one that's worth studying. And I want to thank you, Lord, that you looked at his life and you saw all the great things he could do. You loved him. Lord, I want to thank you that you forgave him and you gave him ministry. You allowed him to make a difference, to be able to impact the church, your people, the other disciples. Lord, I want to thank you today that you're not done with individuals here. You want us to be able to make a difference for you. Help us, Lord, to know that we have a relationship with you. Help us to know that we've been forgiven. Help us to know and sense you're leading and guiding in our lives. I pray your will can be done. And I thank you so much for each one that's here. And I pray your blessings now in Jesus' name. Amen.